the media at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Right, let's talk Real Madrid now, brand Real. Not so much whether they drew last night, which they did with Real. by the way. We're talking about the, the other event, which is the real battles off the field of play. Kieran Jacobson is with me. He's uh, uh, from MNC Saatchi Sport Entertainment. Kieran, good chatting to you. Hi. Hi, Ashraf. How are you? Good. So let's, let's talk about this. Let's try and understand this, that how can a club that I think about 15 years ago were, were, were virtually bankrupt. How are they able to buy the world's best player, uh, maybe not the best, but the most expensive, virtually every second year, every year, and sustain it and, and stay alive? But I think we were on the good differ fundamentally from a, a whole host of, of other clubs um, that probably place a bit more of a focus on, on value of a player. There's, there's really a commercial focus around what Real Madrid do in the transfer market. So, I mean, someone like, or, or they put Florentino Perez, really places or looks at their different revenue streams and, and makes decisions based off of that. So, unlike Gareth Bale, I mean, he's going to make he's going to make a whole bunch of money back to the sale of Gareth Bale through different commercial commercial platforms, be it merchandising through broadcast rights, etc. But you see, if, if, if what you're saying is true, which means they buy a player who obviously has got to be good, right? Uh, then sure. they're, they're willing to pay. I mean, do you think they do deliberately pay? Let's take in, in a case like Gareth Bale. Uh, I think you went for about, what, about 85 million pounds, right? Assuming, assuming if, if Spurs were happy to pay 70, am I tempted to suggest that Real would say no deal? We need to break the world record. It's important. Well, I think, I think, uh, you know, there's two sides to that story as well, as I think, um, Daniel Levy from, from, from Spurs, the chairman of Spurs, is, 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 is someone who gets what he wants for a player, and we've seen that over a number of years. So, so what Real Madrid say they or, or open with an offer, I think Daniel Levy stuck his heels in the ground pretty solidly and said, I want the world record transfer fee for this player. And then from, from Madrid's side, it's, it's looking at not necessarily how much he's worth from a, a playing perspective, but can we make it back? I mean, uh, can we recoup the money? And, and I think that over the over the years, their strategy has proved that they can make but make back that money. I mean, if you look look at someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, the 80 million that they spent on on Cristiano, that they made back in one year on 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 shirt sales and other merchandise. So, so I mean, it's not from Real Madrid's perspective, it's not it's by value. It's 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 motivated purely commercially. Now, if, if it's that if it's that simple, then then why can't other clubs emulate it? Let, let's just take the example of Cristiano Ronaldo. If the reasons that they they were able to buy him from Manchester United, could that not be the same reasons why the Man Uniteds could keep him? Or in a case like uh, the player that Real have just bought now, for the same reasons, can't they work out a system, uh, a monetary system that says oh, we, we don't have to sell this player, we actually can make fantastic money off him? Well. I- I think in, in United's case, I mean, it's, it's very circumstantial. So in United's case, Ronaldo wanted to leave. He wanted it. It was his dream to play for Real Madrid. Um, I think where, where clubs don't have the, have the same advantage as Madrid in terms of that money back commercially is they don't have the same international reach. They don't have the same fans. They don't have, you know, the, the, the global appeal that, that, that Madrid does and gives them the touch to, to exploit those commercial streams kind of thing. So, I mean, Spurs, this instance could not say, oh, you know, Bale is worth more to us than the 86 million we get because we're going to sell that many shirts. It doesn't work like that. I think Madrid have the platforms and the, and, and the reach globally um, and through their, through their broadcast or their, their broadcast audience to say there's enough of a platform 
platform for us to market this and, and make the money back. So, would you then agree to say that the player can't only be good, obviously he's going to be a fantastic footballer amongst the best in the world, but, uh, but, but a key decision in that is not all the players, but certainly one or two that they identify have got to be a, in, in, in absolute simple terms, they have to go to, they've got to be a commodity. They must be sellable so they can sell those t-shirts. Otherwise, they wouldn't buy them. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, what, what, what most, what, what Madrid do differently as well is, is, is in the contract, they negotiate the state as image rights as well. So it allows them to exploit those image rights very successfully. And, and, and sure, I mean, it's good players, but I mean, if you look at their strategy of buying these Galacticos, it's world-renowned names back from, you know, the days of Zinedine Zidane, Luis Figo, Roberto Carlos. I mean, there's, there's, there's a whole bunch of them that have, you know, that have proved Florentino Perez's his strategy at least right over the last 10 years or the mm-hmm. 10 years that, that he's been in charge. Well, I mean, that goes back to that point that I brought up earlier, then. They obviously get, you know, once the, the player comes, they, they, they have a deal in his image rights, we understand that, they pay a massive transfer, they sell uh, huge amounts of, uh, of football shirts bearing that person's name and they get to uh, recoup those, those uh, costs immediately or, or very, very quickly anyway. But that, would you just say that only works if that player breaks the world transfer record? So, going back to, to the player thing, if he was going to be bought for 50 million, there's, uh, yes, it'll certainly make news, but it can't be as big a news as, hey, we have the world's most expensive footballer in our team, or two of them now in our team, with Ronaldo. And, and that gives them the, 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 the PR coverage that they actually don't actually buy, but it just commands attention like you and I are talking right now. Sure, it does. I, I, I think, you know, if you, if you gave Real Madrid the option of buying Gareth Bale for 70 million pounds as opposed to 86, the flat, the flat answer would be we'd, we'd pay the cheaper price. But yes, once they, once they do negotiate a fee, and if it does happen to be the, the world's most expensive player at the time, they'll definitely use that as a, as a, as a, as a messaging or a messaging tool for sure. Because I understand that at one stage, uh, probably the same president, Florentino Perez, uh, rejected the, the move to buy an up and coming, uh, Ronaldinho from, uh, I think that says Paris Saint Germain because they found that, uh, well, he wasn't that good-looking enough and therefore not that sellable as a commodity and off he went to Barcelona and the rest is history. Correct. I think it was at the same time he was negotiating to buy David Beckham and if it was a, a straight choice between, as a player who I'd buy, uh, Ronaldinho would, 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 you know, win that argument every day of the week. But, I mean, at the same time he bought David Beckham and uh, sold 1.2 million shirts in, in the next season kind of thing. There is that element of Marketability. If you want to pin it on good looks or, or, or whatever the case may be, there is there is that thinking that goes into Perez's head for sure. Mm. Is it a strategy that that is that is sustainable? Sorry, say that again. Is it a strategy, a business strategy that is sustainable? Because I'm just thinking as I talk to you, why why can't others then? You know, I mentioned Spurs, but forget about Spurs. You know, some other club that that's uh, rising up now. Uh, and ironically, we're talking Paris Saint Germain once again. They've got they've got new backers. Can't they then emulate this and say, oh, we, have, we have the same strategy, we can upstage Real with this? I think the difference, you know, as a business strategy, yes, it, it has worked. If you look at the numbers, it, it has worked for them as a, as a business. And arguably it's worked for them football pitch as well, apart from maybe in the, in the, in the European Cup. But someone like PSG, I mean, they want to buy success on the football field. And I think a whole lot more, of, or more thinking goes into it from a Real Madrid perspective simply because they have that much more of a global appeal than, than PSG 
PSG are, are on the global force or don't have the awareness around the world that, that Real Madrid do. So I think PSG is motivated more by, you know, success on the field. And, and Real Madrid, I think, is a whole bunch of, of other factors that go into it. All right, it gets me to ask the question because I think Real has got the heritage. We've got about a minute to go, Kieran. I mean, just, just let's talk about the Real Madrid brand heritage. I mean, just how big is this club around the world? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's massive, Ashraf. I mean, they're over 100 years old. They're, they're arguably the world's most uh, recognizable football club. You know, we, we in South Africa are probably exposed to the, the premiership a lot more, and, and hence our fan base here is, is, is probably more uh, propensed to watching the pitch. But, I mean, in countries like South America, well, I mean, continents like South America, America, uh, definitely in the Middle East, Real Madrid is an absolute, absolute powerhouse. Mm, and that's where the intense thing. That's that's where we're going to leave it. Take care, and Jacobson. Thanks for your time from uh, MNC Saatchi Sport and Entertainment. Fascinating in terms of how they they put their story together. Kieran, thanks for that. Well, I'll tell you what, in, what's interesting. Last night they drew. That's the bad news for Real Madrid supporters. They drew with the Villarreal because I watched the game late at night. Two all. The good news is the first goal scorer Gareth Bale. The second goal scorer Cristiano Ronaldo. There you are. They have the two most expensive footballers in the world. It seems to be working for them. Can they win a league title? It's another debate completely. Uh, lots uh, more we'll talk about. Happy to get your thoughts all throughout the week. Of course, drop me an email, ashraf at safm.coza. But as far as today is concerned, it's another bam- a bumper-packed show for the rest of the afternoon. As you've heard uh, Brad Brown talk about sport, he comes up at 4 o'clock. There's uh, the gospel sounds coming up after that. Before that, there's literature uh, as well as the church service. All for you to listen to on SFM. I'll be back tomorrow afternoon with the afternoon talk show. And we'll have a special guest as well at uh, 3 o'clock, putting that person in the spotlight. I'll tell you later about that. You can follow me on Twitter, and you can also connect with me via email, ashraf.safm.coza. Time now for the news at 11.